This is an Odyssey original. This is the War in Ukraine Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. One almost instant reaction to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Russia of countries looking to join NATO or strengthen their ties to the alliance. Finland and Sweden, two Scandinavian countries, have long preferred to keep an independent stance, reversing course in a hurry after Russia launched the war. Both countries now on pace to join NATO by the end of the year, but the UK is um, jumping into this a little bit. Could complicate already tense relationships across Eastern Europe. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson reached agreements with Sweden and Finland to defend them if they are attacked by Russia and vice versa. The Scandinavian pair promised to come to the military aid of the UK. Meanwhile, intense fighting continues in eastern and southern Ukraine, with the war increasingly looking like a drawn-out stalemate. We're joined now from Britain by Samuel Romani, University of Oxford defense analyst and author of the forthcoming book, Putin's War on Ukraine. So this new British mutual defense pact with Sweden and Finland could open the door to significant escalation to the war in Ukraine? Well, definitely it would. I mean, obviously the Russians have been doing some saber-rattling against Sweden in particular. They uh, they posted a video, for example, on their state media showing how Gotland could be used as a potential base for an attack on the Baltic states. They flew reconnaissance vehicles and uh, uh, drones and uh, planes very close over the Swedish and Spanish borders. So Russia's been engaging in some provocative conduct, but I still think that the risk of a major escalation in that in Northern Europe is very remote, given that they're stuck in Ukraine. But what is the point then of Britain making this deal with both Sweden and Finland? I mean, if the two of them want to join NATO, I suppose they could do that. Uh, what is accomplished by doing this? And, and is it nothing more, though, than a provocation? Well, I think it provides a deterrent. Because the Russians have repeatedly said that Sweden and Finland joining NATO will lead to some kind of response. And there's going to be a period, inevitably, in between they, when they announce their decision to join NATO and then when they actually join the alliance. And in that inter- interim period, the Russians could do all kinds of things. I mean, they could engage in cyber attacks that are quite destructive. They could engage in provocative mobilizations, naval and aerial, uh, that violate Swedish sovereignty and Finnish sovereignty. So this is aimed at firing a warning shot against Russia, that even if you launch a, a, a massive cyber attack, we will retaliate. Okay, so if I'm um, Sweden or Finland, I'm worried that they're going to do something to me while my application is being processed, and that could take a year. So this is the interim until I get to that year point, and then I can get into NATO. Exactly, yeah, that's what basically what we're looking at. In terms of what actually Russia will do, it's really hard to say. Uh, Putin, uh, about five years ago, was speaking to Finland and said that the response would probably be just Russia amassing forces uh, around St. Petersburg or around the Finnish border, which wouldn't be that much of a threat because I don't think there's going to be a ground invasion. But some statements from Dmitry Medvedev more recently have been more concerning, talking about putting uh, more of an aggressive naval presence in the Gulf of Finland and even adding nuclear capabilities to Kaliningrad and the Baltic region. So that would be something that there needs to be a deterrent for. Are you one of those who thinks this war is going to go on for quite some time? Well, I think it just inevitably will, because uh, it's obvious that the Russian offensive in Donbass is not really gaining serious traction. I mean, they did manage to get a victory in Papazna in Luhansk, which was a significant success. But that doesn't even take them close to conquering the entirety of the Luhansk Oblast, let alone the Donetsk Oblast, Odessa, and that land bridge to Transistria. And for Vladimir Putin to uh, withdraw at the end of the war in the short term would be basically an admission of defeat. It was very telling that in his Victory Day speech on May the 9th, there was no real mention of a major victory in Ukraine. So clearly he doesn't view the situation as being 
triumphant at all. So that's why I think that the war is basically going to continue because Russia's stuck, but also it can't back down. Is Ukraine then fine with giving up the Donbass, which is easy for people on the outside to say, oh, just uh, carve out that and, and then it can all be over. But it's a whole different thing when you're in Ukraine and you're Ukrainian. Absolutely. Yeah. Ukraine is very much averse in this current territorial climate to giving up any of its territory. And uh, even a proposal, for example, like I had a chance to speak a few years back to their first president, Linda Kravchuk, who just passed away yesterday. And he said, you know, at the time, we could give up Crimea for the foreseeable future if Donbass was secure. The number one priority should be that we re- recapture Donbass. Now, the narrative in, in Ukraine is not only that we need to recapture all of Donbass, we also need to find a way to get Crimea back into our fold as well, even though Russia views it as part of their territory. And they're getting encouragement from some Western countries, especially Britain, in support of that. Samuel Romani, University of Oxford defense analyst, author of the book that's on the way, Putin's War on Ukraine. This is an Odyssey original. Find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thank you.